Martha Van Houten, and each week I'm here with Brian Buck, lead pastor at Oaks Parish, to go a little deeper into Sunday sermon and to keep the conversation going throughout the week as we journey together in learning what it means to abide in Christ for the renewal of all things. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Oaks Parish podcast. Brian and I are here today, and we are joined by yet another special guest to help us wade deeper into the waters of our discussion about cheerful giving. And yesterday, Brian, you did the brave work of preaching about tithing. So thank you for doing that. This was a statement you made that I think we've all been mulling over since yesterday. You said essentially, we don't tithe because God needs something from us. We tithe because he has something for us. And among many of the reasons for us to tithe is this important one. You mentioned that tithing gives us the opportunity to live a life of trusting faith. Um, And you just shared some incredible stories of the trusting faith that is required to live generously. And I know that today we have the opportunity to be even more challenged and inspired toward a life of generosity from our special guest. So I'm going to hand it over to Brian to introduce who we have on the show today. On the show today, the man, the myth, the legend, Joel Paul, native Oregonian, went to college at Linfield College, where he played basketball throughout college and received a degree in accounting. Post-college worked for the accounting firm Moss Adams and then decided to make the leap of trusting faith into the church and nonprofit world, first working for a number of years at Imago Day Community, where Joel and I first met. There, Joel served as the director of finance and HR. And it was through various experiences working with other churches and working with uh, nonprofits, churches like Oaks Parish, uh, that uh, Joel ended up um, finding his way on staff at the Bible Project, uh, coming on staff with that incredible organization early on in the days of the Bible Project back in 2015. And now um, most of us are aware of what God has done through the Bible Project, where Joel now serves as uh, the chief financial officer. Joel, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Before we jump in, I do want to just say Every time we have a newcomers gathering at Oaks Parish, um, we tell the story of God's generosity to us. And I always mention Imago Dei community as being um, really our mother church uh, here in the city of Portland, uh, where I was invited to come on staff as a church planter in residence and part of that welcoming hospitality. Um, Imago took care of all of our bookkeeping, HR Uh, accounting needs for the first three or four years of our existence. To say that more accurately, Joel Paul took care of all of those needs. Uh, So Joel, thanks so much uh, for being with us and, um, and forever being a part of the story here at Oaks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, those were those were good days. Uh, Brian, like meeting with you regularly, every month reviewing finances. Um, Man, it feels like a long time ago, but Also, those were some fond memories. Well, Joel, having worked in financial leadership in both the church and the Bible project, 
What are some key lessons that you've learned about our relationship with money? Mm. That it often has too strong of a hold on mm. our happiness, our, our self-worth. Um, and we, we get our ledger confused with what God actually thinks of us and how he values us. And so um, we, tend, we tend to get too high when money's coming in. <laughs> And too low and concerned um, when it's not. And are we doing something wrong when it's not? Oh, man, I'm crushing it when, when things are coming in. And I don't actually think that that is accurate all the mm. time. Yeah, that's a really good one. How do you how have you handled those moments or how have you sought perspective on those things? Yeah, I would say it's a journey um, and it's changed uh, as I've matured. And, and I would say um, one of the biggest differences today uh, versus, um, you know, early on working in ministry is my reliance on prayer for provision and recognizing that provision doesn't necessarily mean more. But it means God's going to provide what he's going to provide for his purposes in your life. And so in the ministry context, we uh, have a team that prays every Wednesday morning um, for provision. And every Wednesday morning, we talk about the fact that that doesn't actually mean more. It just means like God what is it that you have in this case, Bible project in store for Bible project. And we're going to trust that you're going to provide everything that we need. And, uh, and so that journey went from the early days of being anxious and like, is this number going to come in? Or is, are these gifts going to come in to now? And I, I did confess this to Brian uh, when we had lunch several weeks ago that this was one of the first years you know over the last decade plus where um we're in december which historically you would recognize like december is the largest giving month typically in in nonprofit organizations and i had complete peace and quite honestly i didn't know exactly where we were at dollar wise coming in I just knew that God was going to be able to provide what he had for us and in, in the plans that he had for us in the upcoming year. And that was like a level of peace that made no sense, <laughs> but it existed. And what was funny is sharing that with our CEO, we've had a similar experience this year and he's someone that is not on that regular prayer call every Wednesday as well. And it's this recognition to slow down and say, like, actually, God is doing something when you slow down to pay attention to what he's trying to tell you. <laughs> and in this way, it shows up in not being anxious. Mm -hmm. uh, but you miss it when you don't slow down uh, to, to see it. Yeah, Joel, I think that's the more that you're talking about. That's other than just 
money. Yeah, but that's it though, because um, like I said earlier, we get so caught up or the temptation is to look at our self-worth, our security through the lens of what's my net worth financially. And, and not that that's inherently wrong, like bad or wrong to be wise with resources and like be planning and thoughtful and, you know, don't make foolish decisions with, with resources and money. Um, but it doesn't define your success. Um, and I think that's, that's something that, uh, I mean, I went from a public accounting firm and, and I wasn't, I didn't think about this in mind initially, but everything. Yeah. It's, it's really funny or not funny. Um, but just when God puts people in your life, uh, that have gone before you, this is my experience. They've gone before you that are able to clearly point out what God was doing in your life at various moments and seasons. And that really struck me just a couple years ago when I was introduced to another gentleman that uh, that has a really large, fairly large uh, local uh, firm here in Oregon. And he was having lunch at Bio Project and I got introduced to him. And after just sharing with him just briefly about my journey and how I ended up here, he goes, isn't it amazing how God was preparing you in those days at Imago? For you to be able to lead today um, at, at Bible Project in this organization. And something about that was so simple, yet so profound. Um, and I've, and what I think I'm starting to realize as I'm, you know, maturing and, and able to slow down and see some of those things is like, God's doing that all over and has been historically doing that in my life mm -hmm. forever. Like he's always been there. He's always been guiding my step and leading me and putting me in situations where I was completely above my skis when I started at Imago and I had so much more to learn at Moss Adams. Um, but ultimately God knew what he was doing. And now I'm I'm sitting in this position and at a wonderful organization that's making more of an impact than we would have ever imagined if possible in the beginning days. Uh, and so it, it, it just hit, it hits different when you're able to slow down and, and just listen and be observant. Yeah, that's great. And I love how earlier you mentioned that regular rhythm of prayer mm -hmm. that your team does this specific ask for provision not necessarily more but just for whatever we need whether that's peace direction wisdom all of that thank you for sharing that um in our sermon yesterday we talked about tithing as a foundational practice in following jesus so joel we'd love to hear from you why do you think tithing is so important for our life with god yeah it's a really good question yeah it could be that it can be a hotly debated topic too but you know i think it's a, it's a tangible expression of trust and obedience. Um, you know, taking a, a portion of your income, uh, through tithing and acknowledge like the sovereignty that God has over 
our lives, right? Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it is this recognition that God has already given us everything that we have, like, can't take anything, can't take any of this with us, right? That's very clear. Um, and, you know, like, it, it becomes such a contentious topic, um, like money and resources and, and like, it really brings out the crazy a little bit in people. Um, especially when they're like, when there's a death or when there's something that's changing. Right. And, and, um, like this myth or lie takes over this, like, this is mine. I need to like get mine. But what God's inviting us into is a different story, a different life that's like practicing this obedience of faithful giving that's that's just acknowledging like this is God, this is all yours and I'm giving you what's already yours. And what happens is that tank, that stranglehold of money and the grip that it has over like we talked about it earlier just the value of who you are as how you view yourself as a human and, and your self-worth is if it's so tied in money like the practice of giving and faithfully and building that in as a habit that tank that stranglehold like starts to loosen its grip and and it, it yeah it it just it becomes less of that that idol in your life by by like giving it away mm-hmm. and like giving it back mm-hmm. um and god doesn't need our money right i mean like that's the the truth is god doesn't need our money he's after our hearts though right and and so being able to give like helps to like get that money out of the way so that we can fully engage with gotten what he truly has in store for us joel i was reflecting on that very notion yesterday in the sermon by talking about that word process Mm. that was such an important word when we had lunch a couple of weeks ago and i was thinking about it in terms of the things that we commit to that that we really don't want to commit to that sometimes don't feel fun to commit to like if you're an actor rehearsing lines over and over again, or if you're preparing for a marathon, waking up every morning and like putting in the miles, you know, that, that work at least initially isn't fun, but it's fascinating what happens through the process over time where we actually begin to feel a sense of joy from the experience. And even though it can feel painful, all of a sudden, like joy arises from the pain, which I think is a, a beautiful picture of the gospel. So maybe tell us more about like what you meant that day a couple of weeks ago when we talk about the importance of the process. Oh, yeah, I think everyone loves the results of discipline. <laughs> Nobody likes actually being disciplined. <laughs> yes. right? I mean, everybody wants to have like a Steph Curry jump shot. Nobody wants to put in the hours to like get there. Mm. They just expect it to happen. And so it, 
it's just that, right? I mean, it's like you want like for my kids, like I want my kids to some sometimes just like behave a certain way, you know? And sometimes that requires like discipline months, years mm. in the rearview mirror that we now are just now starting to see the fruits of like how they treat others, how they're respectful to adults and teachers and classmates. And, and it can't just, they can't just show up right in the first day of school. And then like, okay, you're going to be behave this way. It just doesn't work. It has to be trained. And it's a, it's a process that, um, that you have to undertake and have to be consistent with it. I mean, that's the biggest thing I think that Katie, my wife, Katie, and I, and speaking specifically with our kids, that we try to do so well is just be consistent because kids are smart and they'll like, they will work you against the other. And if we're not, <laughs> if we're not consistent with our discipline, with our messaging, then how are our kids supposed to know like what is actual truth and what are actual boundaries and what does this actually mean? And I think, you know, giving's no different in that way. It's like, you want to be like a faithful Christian or whatever that looks like to you, right? Obedient to God, uh, faithful, uh, fill in the words. Um, but you can't just it just like show up and you're that right like it takes time and consistency and a faithfulness and a discipline like like a little bit each and every day continuing to to develop these healthy ruts in your life these health healthy patterns in your life and day after day you might not see it but when you're looking 10 years backward like whoa that's how that's how i know i was immature right i was like man i was immature 10 years ago and then what 10 years ago though i thought i was pretty dang on top of it mm. and it it but what it takes is that consistent repetition that, that consistency that consistent dip, discipline um and then like christ shaping you if you allow it and, and all of a sudden you are somebody that you actually like to the sea <laughs> because um of that slow gradual consistent work um and giving giving's an aspect of that yeah a couple of weeks ago we talked about our dna as human beings we're made in the image of god mm -hmm. god at his core is generous you know, yeah. he didn't have to create the universe or create humanity. He could oh, have existed for all eternity on his own. And yet he generously created us. And through the work of Christ, he's generously recreating us. And what he's recreating us into is his very character, which is a generous character. But I think the challenge of what you're talking about with the discipline and how the discipline affects us as we consistently do it over time is that the pursuit of wealth, covetousness, is the only unchallenged idol in our culture. And so to challenge that idol, I mean, we're swimming upstream. I mean, it requires 
discipline above discipline, <laughs> you know, to, to be generous. And yet the reward, the payoff um, is, is to share this life with God, this meaning that he gives, this abundant life that he alone can give. So tithing is really the training wheels for a lifestyle of generosity how have you seen organizational generosity at work at the Bible Project? Uh, what impact has that made on employees of the Bible Project? It's like our core value that we look at when we are making every decision, right? So our videos are free. You know, that's that's something that's core to who we are, but it's because of the generosity that's been paid forward to us by generous patrons that allow that free content to exist. But those generous patrons are a result of a generous God that's stirring up um, generosity in their hearts because of transformation that they're seeing because of the videos. And it's like, it is truly like a generous generosity ecosystem that we're just feeling overwhelmed with gratitude by. And so like at a core, that's who we are as an organization. We recognize that quite honestly, this doesn't make sense that we get to do what we get to do um, without Christ and, and, and his generosity. Like it literally doesn't make sense, but because of Christ, it makes perfect sense and um and so with that as like our core understanding and tr trust that it is because of christ's generosity that we get to do what we get to do it helps all of our decisions flow out of that place which is really it's like a beautiful picture honestly mm. and brian here's here's something that um, I kind of to recap on lunch that we had a few weeks ago, you know, one of the things that we do every December is we send out a hundred dollar bill as a part of like a Christmas package to our staff. And the task is to go and find an individual that you see in your life that um is like in need of that money right and what's really unique about that is that hundred dollar bill is not ours hmm. like it was given to us to give away mm -hmm. okay and so what's really immediately fascinating is it doesn't immediately doesn't have the same hooks mm. that money has that you earned mm. through a paycheck mm. like this was truly a gift to give away so all of a sudden your eyes are open for opportunities and like where can i give this to and here's what's crazy is um i've still struggled i mean so the previous year i was able to um find uh individuals in my life that i was able to give that to but it still felt hard for me to like, oh, I need to have like this, the greatest story to like mm -hmm. 
bring back and like it has to be this really meaningful transformative thing and and this year i was like i was looking for that thing this year and um and when we met we i shared with you on christmas eve morning um so we had given we'd received this box you know three weeks ahead of um christmas and and we had that all that time to try to figure this out and it was just on our fridge there just sitting there um as a reminder like hey we need to do this so as a family we went to christmas eve service on sunday morning um brought that hundred dollar bill on purpose and then went to a restaurant for breakfast and our waitress uh was pregnant and she was so sweet uh, with our kids and asking their names and asking questions. And um, there was something in me that was like wrestling and saying like, this is who this hundred dollars is for, mm. you know? And so she went away and, and we were eating and, you know, our kids were there and we started talking to him about like, I think it's God's made it clear that we need to give this hundred dollar bill away. So anyway, she comes back and it was toward the end of our meal. And we're, we said, hey, we have something for you. It's not ours, but we were given, this was given to us to give away to you. And we feel clear that like, God wants you to have this. And immediately she, well, she immediately was like, no, are you sure? Are, I mean, <laughs> really? And like had, she was starting to get emotional. So she immediately left, right? Um, but here's what's crazy is uh two weeks later, Katie's like randomly on my wife, she's randomly on a social media channel that comes up with this restaurant that says, um, hey, please pray for one of our servers. Uh she had to go into the hospital because her baby is having some complications. They're not really sure what's going on. And they set up a GoFundMe. And Katie's like, could it possibly be? And so sure enough, it's the same waitress that was with us. And so now we've given to her GoFundMe, you know, wow. like, and um, and we've dropped off boxes of clothes. And Katie's like been messaging with her, you know, and what's what's crazy is like God knew hmm. who that hundred dollars was for. And like, he just needed me to get out of the way of like trying to find like the right, perfect scenario is like, he, he literally like orchestrated the whole thing. It was really, um, it, it's one of those moments in life. And I've had them, it seems like more and more frequently where like if it's not proof that God's real, I don't know what it, it's like. It's one of those, those moments where it's like, God is so real in this moment that it's like, how could you, how could you lose sight of like his love and attention to like the little things, you know? And so, I mean, I don't know, that's a long winded way of answering your question, but what I've seen, with with bio project is cr intentionally creating those opportunities for god to show up mm -hmm. uh, for 
for our staff, but then also, you know, we all have our areas in our circles of influence that, that we, that we've been given, uh, you know, to go and steward and, and like, for some reason, God clearly put us in a path with, with our waitress, you know, that, mm. that we seemingly had nothing in common or no reason to be in relationship with it outside of maybe seeing her every once in a while. Um, but, but God used, used it, you know, and here's, what's cool is now, like, I, I have like this way bigger vision down the road of like what God's going to do with this relationship mm. that is just truly beginning. Mm. Um, but it's one of those things that, it'll show up again right like consistency discipline to stay engaged and in relationship little by little and in 10 years down the road we'll be looking back at this time and saying like whoa god was really showing up here in this moment in this season and for you and your wife and your family to be engaged in their family for what you know like like it'll be so clear at 10 years down the road uh, for us that I'm, that I just am excited about that. Like, yeah, I, I, I called Steve, our CEO immediately and was just saying, you will not believe this. That's a, that's a beautiful story. I, I mean, I, I don't think you couldn't have orchestrated any of that on your own or imagined that or written that story, you know, only God could have put together one thing leading to the next like that. And just to think that if you had clung to that to that gift or to your idea of what needed to happen with it just how that would have you know stifled or or just changed the traject the trajectory so much of it i loved too what you said about like when we don't view it like we own it it's easier to give away and that was kind of in the practice of what the bible project was doing through this kind of christmas gift or campaign or whatever but so, so how much more if like we didn't view really anything, even if we quote unquote earned it or we feel like right. we deserve it, you know, if we could view it as it is that, that it's God's, how much easier to like open our hands and, and release, release our things and just enter into that invitation to generosity. That's a great reminder. Well, Joel, thank you so much just for offering your time and your perspective to our community today. I know that this conversation will encourage and inspire and challenge us toward growth. And it's just been our privilege to glean from your wisdom. So thank you so much. Before we wrap up completely, we have one more week in this cheerful giving series. So Brian, I'd love for you to give a little preview of what's to come. Yeah, in this final week, which is uh, kind of the last leg of the series, uh, we're going to be talking about what is good stewardship. And there's some, I think there's some mythology that we need to work through in the church. Uh, on one end of the spectrum, we've kind of heard this health and wealth gospel. You know, God wants us to be rich, for example. And then how do we think about that? And then on the other end of the, the spectrum, there's kind of this vow of poverty, like God never wants us to have anything. And what do we do with those ends of the extreme? Meanwhile, um, culturally speaking, uh, we're living in uh, a time where 
people are struggling with an unprecedented level of debt, consumer debt, student loan debt. And it's really hard to be generous when you have that weight on your shoulders. Uh, so we're going to talk about what is good stewardship. And that is a pivotal question that leads to a lifestyle of generosity. Awesome. That's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. That and the conversation on the podcast as well. So with that, thank you for listening. And we'll talk more next week. Bye.